Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. Yes, we are. What's going on, everybody? Next podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the panel. To my right, we got our resident angry nerd himself, Mr. Beautiful Boston heartthrob, Mr. Connor Commentary. And uh, to his left, his right, your left, we've got the table jumper himself, uh, apparently enjoying nature. Mr. Mario, wow. hashtag sports. And ladies and gentlemen, I am your host and MC, Toronto's pride and joy, Ray Rowe. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a part of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. And you can also find us at RayRoute.com. Big news, boys. Merch is dropping next week. I think we're going to have some table jumper stuff. We're going to have an I'm a nerd stuff. We're going to have some Boston Heartthrob stuff. We're going to have some Toronto Pride and Joy. How about some legit kid and uh, a whole bunch of other stupid things that come out of this podcast on a week-to-week basis. Boys, I'm excited. Let's get this show started. Yeah, buddy. Fellas, how's it going? What's going on, everybody? What's up? Mario enjoying nature out there, huh? I am down in sunny Virginia Beach, Virginia, with my brother's neighbor over there. He just walked out. I was just talking to him for about 15 minutes. Hall of Famer Alan Fanica. He's chatting it up with Alan Fanica. No big deal. And then he went inside to turn on the the podcast. Yeah, I told him to. I was like, who's got it? You turn on who's got it next. He goes, what's it called? I go, who's got next? He goes, why are you asking me questions? I was like, all right. Man, <laughs> What's your favorite band? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, I got to put something on the table right now. A little, little bit of a brag here. I mean, I know that's off. I know that's off color for me, and that's not, you know. <laughs> Hold on. Let me mark it down. No. Ray starting <laughs> podcast with. First of all, it's not. I asked okay. you guys how you were doing first, okay? And and I let Mario answer. And <laughs> now yeah. over. If you guys um, are going to find a wife, find one like mine. That's all I'm going to say. I never shout her out enough on this show. And relationships were like, I'm the man and she's the woman. Like, if anything, she wears the pants in our relationship. Everybody knows it, right? Like, I do the dishes. I do laundry. I like, we, we come running in the door like three minutes to seven. Like, oh my god, I gotta do the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Yo, she's got food on. She's got a hot coffee from Tim Hortons ready to go. Oh and she's gosh. like, just enjoy your podcast, enjoy your coffee. She's going to eat now. I'm like, I'll eat after. She's like, okay, I'll warm it up when you come down. Like, and this is after she just them. she just worked a full day of work. So, like, it's not like she was just had the day off lounging. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you can. Ross with the super chat. 
Thank you very nice. much, sir. Says nice oh. mullet, Mario. Looking Aiky, like breaky, Billy hot. Ray Cyrus. Oh, I'm not to take this back down to the old town road if he keeps that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about that. We were just talking about that at work today because I work Thanks, with girl. I work with a live country compared where I live, whatever. And um, we're debating whether that was a country song or not. I always call her a country bumpkin. And Ray, uh, you I'm know that. Gonna stop you for two seconds. Is he lagging for anybody else? Like every yeah. other word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. Well, deal with it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm dealing with it. I just I wanted to make sure it country, wasn't country bumpkin or something. Yeah, <laughs> Canada Wi-Fi. He's a com- country bumpkin. Oh boy, it's that Walmart next door. He's trying to yeah. splice it off. Of. So yeah, Ray, your 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 wife is cut from a different cloth, and they don't make that they don't make that fabric anymore. So touche. That's awesome. That's awesome. She's Russian. Thank you for letting Ray come out and play with us. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy? Yes. Like no, no. Like she, she won't watch. Anyways, fellas, <laughs> uh, we got to get into this, and I, I we're gonna, so I'm gonna say, bravo to us. Eight fantastic topics for tonight's show. Like eight of them. Look at us go. And it took me a while, Mike. I'm nothing's happening for me. Can you get rid of this, please? Yeah, yeah. I'll take care of it. Um, fabulous topics, but I want to talk a little bit about the media. Not just, but all the media, and maybe how you can build somebody up and you can tear them down. Connor, you got next. Yeah, so I'm not sure if any of uh, you guys have seen the Mante Teo documentary. Mario is shaking your head. So I watched it the other night and I was absolutely floored, although I probably shouldn't have been. It just showed how bad at one point the media <clears throat> built him up. He even talks about it. And he's like, I used to go out and people be like, oh my God, it's Mante Teo. Like he's the man. Then people be like, oh my God, whispering like, that's Mante Teo. Like he's the guy with the fake girlfriend. And it was just amazing to me that like they completely put so much false information out there, like total garbage. And then it was really the uh, the guys who, who founded the story. I think it was, I'm forgetting the name of it. What was What was the name of it? Dead, was it Deadspin? Deadspin, Deadspin. Deadspin, yeah. And they were like, we can't believe that eight guys who started a random sports blog did way more fact-finding than any major public public publication and media like source anywhere. And it, it was just amazing to me that they just completely trashed the guy. So I just wanted to get everyone else's opinion on it and see if well, you, you saw the doc. I want to talk about Deadspin for a second, too, though, because I saw your, I saw your question today, and I knew exactly the role. I want to point out that it was Deadspin who also ruined Manti Teo's life, right? Yeah, like, oh, with the original story, yeah. Yeah. And say that wasn't their intentions. They can say that, you know, their whole intentions were just to, to you know, shut down ES. I say this as a member of the media, not the MSM media, but a director of sports at the Dean Blundell Network. Mario is a writer for the Dean Blundell Network. All four of us are a part of the network by being on this podcast. That's a part of DeanBlundell.com. And we do the same thing, right? We're all trying to upstage MSS, trying to show Deadspin came out and there would be no Mante Teo memes of, you know, guys just with their arm in the air. There would be no ridicule. There would be no teardown. just as much accountability in this mix and and recognize that what they did was for clicks as well 
This had nothing, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, this is almost a story that if you had a moral conscience as they were pretending to have on the documentary, they would have just been like, you know what? Let's just let this die. No one's exposing this kid. He's been catfished, you know, instead they led to the MSM's crazy questions of like, well, is he gay? Right. And was he in on the hoax? And yeah, so they weren't asking those stupid questions, but they're just as guilty in the whole blow up of this poor well, kid's life. They opened, the door they the opened Pandora's box. And the fact that the one thing I did not like about this documentary was, well, there's two things. Number one, they really, um, the, the, the guy, the, sorry, the woman now who, who did this to Teo, who, who catfished him. Yeah. They really is they really showed like his compassion. They really brought it off as just like, oh, he was a troubled kid who, you know, was struggling with his sexuality. So he kind of had to do this, you know, and, and we should forgive him. Where I was like, dude, you ruined a guy's life. Like, yeah, he's he's evil. And then on the other side, you had Deadspin, who they were painting as like, hey, we were noble in this whole venture. We were, you know, we were the good guys when really. They were all dicks. The mainstream media were dicks. Deadspin were dicks. We're dicks. We do it all the time. Uh, I made fun of Kyler Murray showing a remote control car on the highway, calling him short. We do it as a part of of the media, and we are a part of the media. Don't 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 confuse the, the situation. We are. We're just a different part of the media. We're not a part of the mainstream media. Um, so I think Deadspin got left off the hook too for how they did it. But absolutely, I think we do it, and I think all media does it. We're always. I mean, face it, guys, dude. We we live in a in a per we in a pay-per-click world, we all work in a pay-per-click world. Of course, we're looking for the next click. And that's exactly what Deadspin was doing too. And the MSN go fuck themselves and Anderson Cooper, you know, and, a guy who, oh yeah, who's had was, to go through life and him to come bad. out and do what he did. And, and it was just, it was, it was awful. Yeah, and just I just want to say too on the Deadspin thing too, they talked about how they came out with the story before they might have even been ready to because they were worried other uh, news outlets might be getting wind of it and they wanted to make sure they were first. And basically the most important thing was being first. Like, let's be first, be first, and then be right, basically. Well, and that kind of brings up, and, and then I'll shut up and let somebody else talk, but it's it's not the same impact on somebody's life, but it's a Tom Brady retirement all over again, right? Yep. Right. You can hate Tom Brady. You can debate whether he's the GOAT. You can debate whatever. The fact of the matter is the guy gave over 20 years of his life to the NFL. Allow him to come out and announce his retirement the way he wants to. But nope, Adam Schefter had to be first, right? right. Adam Schefter had to say what? Uh, when um, uh, 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 Dwayne Haskins died, you yeah. know, he had to throw in the, what was it like, you know, struggling, struggling. quarterback. You know, like it's it's all it's all about being first, and it's not about doing the right thing. Yeah, a lot of that. I, Connor hit the first nail on the head when he said, "Listen, it's because of, in the age we live in with technology and social media, everyone wants to be first, whether or not they're right or not." And then, okay, we'll deal with the fallout later. But we end up getting how many hits on this? You know, with with all this media coverage that we did. And I think there's there's a little bit of a twist. You have to put in a little bit of an asterisk next to it, Ray, when you talk about including us in that media. We're more of like it seems more of opinion, guys, of after the fact. You know, you said you th that thing about Kyler Murray. Okay, he's short. We all get it. It's a joke. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna goof off. We're we're not we're not doubting the talent or the ability of the guy. We're just kind of making jokes. But and, and most of the times when we just tie, okay, this is the story that was presented by others. We're gonna try to cover it and give you our spin on it. Okay, it's not like we're breaking news first of what happened from that. Like if, you, if 
Cody Ford just got traded to Arizona for a fifth round pick. If we want to discuss that and put our opinions on it, that's different than breaking a news story to millions of people that has false or incomplete information on it. It's a little bit different, you know, when you when you decide to put that spin on it. And and, and I and I think it's it's that's the troubling factor is that there's so many people that want to be first to break it. Oh, I, I said it first. I broke it first. Schefter, that's his job to let everybody know information first. And maybe he caught wind of it. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? But, you know, bottom line is this kid got crucified for it. And there should be an apology set for Manti Teo and, and what's been going on. And and the first one to do it should, should be Renaya. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yep. it, it's, it's awful what happened but- to that kid. If we were on this podcast in 2013, whenever that was, that we wouldn't be making the jokes. Oh, we definitely would have. But I think it's we would have been convinced by the media that been laughing about the catfish. You know, probably wouldn't have been questioning sexuality because that's not our style. But there would have been people in our realm that do. Um, I and I think my perfect example of this is Tyreek Hill. When that, yes, we react to the media and the after the fact, but I come on here by myself and crucify Tyreek Hill when that audio came out, when that piece of audio came out. And I talked about what a piece of shit he was. And, you know, the fact that Kansas City Chiefs fan, I'm right before I did that video, I got a message from somebody who covers the Chiefs for Arrowhead Abroad. You know, I think I can reveal it. His name is Brad. People know him as the Brit Chief. He works for Arrowhead Abroad. He's got connections. Those people me and said, there's more to this than that piece of audio, right? That's all he said to me. He goes, there's some stuff going on here. He says, just chill out on it. But I didn't because I had to give my opinion on Terry Kill. Three days later, the whole audio comes out and the whole story changes right? Tyree kills, maybe not as big a piece of shit as we originally thought. Didn't break his son's arm. He did. He was. Um, so yes, we are reactionary to it and we give our opinions on it, but we have big opinions on things sometimes. So I think we're just, I absolutely believe we would have been making fun of Monty Teo. I really do. I believe we would have to know about how stupid this kid is. Yeah, I think this is a great example of just how careful you need to be with certain things sometimes. And I think, you know, we have that ability, like Mario said, of because we're opinionated, because, you know, we're not breaking news, it's it's easy to get lost, I think is a great way to put it, right? Because, again, we, we are just responding to that. We're really... Um, susceptible to public mob mentality and things of that nature um and and i'll I'll just go back to the fact that you ruined this kid kid's life um in a lot of respects that that is on another level entirely if you want to critique tom brady if you want to you know you know say that he's going to retire is it kind of like a an like a low thing to do yeah like you said he's got 20 years under his belt let him announce it you know there's there's some speculation about what he's been doing about you know in his time off and they're kind of giving that some space now because of that but again when you're affecting somebody's life their livelihood and potentially their safety that's totally totally different and i think with how and we we've alluded to this especially how everything is political how 
charged everything gets now, whether it's political or not, how negative people get, how negative social media gets. We all need to take a step back at some point and understand that these are human beings, right? And how we might be affecting them. Yeah, well, now that of, we this pours into what happened last week, Ray, too. Sorry to cut you off, but when we talked about the court of public opinion, you know, I mean, so many of these guys, you know, you know, when you took a step back, you know, from the Tyreek thing, and you're like, wait, well, wait a minute, maybe these guys isn't as horrible as what I first assumed. It's the court of public opinion that kind of crucifies a lot of these guys that come out first. And so in, in that, it just leads into all the other stuff that even Connor started with. He said, listen, it's social media, technology, everything gets thrown at you so much and in so many different aspects that it's like, what do you, what you choose to believe and what angle you choose to take is, is, is what's going to, you know, evidently define you as someone who covers sports or covers celebrities or covers news or anything else like that. Yeah. Um, and we need to move on here. Good comment by Ross says the internet is unfortunately ruthless being in the public eye of a, uh, of opinion. So boys, I'm going to set up the next subject and I'm going to sit it to fix this, uh, fi connection so I can come back. I'm red signal. My whole house is struggling right now. So we're gonna do the unplug. Uh, thank you to very, to bell, the, uh, the most reliable coverage of internet service in Canada, according to them. Um, so we just got heavy. We just went on our moral, our moral high ground. We're like, we're not going to act this way anymore. And uh, so let's go to this one. Sometimes wide receivers let themselves go after they play in the NFL. Sometimes offensive linemen stop hitting the gym. Boys, I'll be right back. Mario, you've got next. Yes, who's got next? So I was, I was, I thought it was so interesting the fact that when you see these guys retire, Jeff Saturday, Joe Thomas, all these, even Alan Fan, this guy runs five Ks now. You should see, you should see him now. It's amazing. All these linemen who've had to endure loads and loads of food and caloric intake in order to stay the way that they were. I remember Joe Thomas said a story. He said, listen, I drink a gallon of milk and I ate a sleeve of Oreos every night before I went to bed <laughs> to maintain the nice. weight that he had. And then he gets, he gets yep. off of that. And then all of a sudden they look, they're, they're slimmed down, they're cut and this and that. And then you look at guys like Keyshawn Johnson, who looks like he could play, you know, he, he could play the uh, leading role in the Keel Harry's biography. <laughs> so my point is this. Uh, I wanted to make it a lighthearted subject, but I also wanted to examine a little bit that sort of manipulation of your body. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're not talking about CTE. We're not talking about head trauma. We're talking about the physical makeup of these, these gentlemen in this. Do you think that offensive linemen, that's, that's a healthy route to go? Or do you think that it's, it's something where, okay, these guys had to manufacture and just overload their bodies and now they're just going to be cutting back when they retire i mean i'll start with you Connor. is this something that you think is is, is healthy for the guys or i mean have you noticed this with a lot of linemen honestly <laughs> now that you now that you say it i do it really is funny it's exactly <laughs> what you said too i've seen a bunch of offensive linemen that look super skinny now and yes wide receivers i guess that have put on weight and it's probably part of just like wide receivers you got to constantly be running you got to constantly be sprinting you're doing a ton of cardio now all of a sudden you don't have to you don't have to run anymore so it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna catch up with you you know what i mean and then yeah. yeah people like uh like you said jeff saturday he used to eat a sleeve of oreos and drink a gallon of milk i imagine that 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 uh you know tradition or habit stopped you know after he retired from the nfl 
And I, I can't imagine it's great for your body. I think the only saving grace is some of these guys are so ridiculously like athletic and they're yeah. such like human specimens to begin with. They can probably fluctuate like 30, 40 pounds and it's not as bad as it would be for like the average human being. Maybe I'm yeah. making that up. I probably am. I don't know much. <laughs> that's that's my that's my justification for it. And I guess it's probably somewhat similar to, to fighters cutting weight because every single fighter walks around weighing yeah. so much more than they actually step in the ring at. So it's probably no. something similar to that, although I'm sure that can't be good for you either. <laughs> I think mean, a Mark? great, great example here too. And I know he's not a former player, but like, look at Leonard Fournette, right? He came in like 30 pounds or 40 pounds overweight after just like a single off season. And people are like, Oh my God, what, what, like, what did you do? <laughs> that Eddie, yeah, you know, diet, man, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, I, I mean, Vince Wilfork still looks the same. So I see people mentioning, you know, Ross mentioned him in chat. So that's a bad example. That guy looks like, you Vince. know, he, he could down, you know, down about twice my body weight in one, you know, sitting while eating. He could, but... he could, I think he could still clog up the middle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get him up, yeah. there, man. Stuff the run still. There's there's a few guys I could do. I just thought it was fascinating because, I, I mean, I would look. And and you'd see these offensive linemen that would retire, and some some of the defensive linemen too. They retire. You see, whoa! You know what I mean, they. I, I was watching the uh, a football life of uh, uh, Bruce Smith. Now his wasn't as drastic, but you see yep. him now. He's all like slim and cut and everything. Uh, like I said, Joe Thomas was there. Jeff Saturday. A lot of these guys. It's like what, I thought. Wait, that guy was a. You know, you look at uh, Mark Schlereth is another guy that he you know he went over to ESPN. He was a monster yep. of a human being, and now he's like. He's like all cut down and slim and stuff. I was like, the, the the amount of manipulation that you have to have for your body is like, listen, I have to consume like five thousand calories a day, right. and I'm not normal. I'm not normally consuming that to maintain a three thirty weight in order to block some of these, man, you know, these monsters that I have to. And it's just, it's absolutely crazy. And then, like, like I said today, when I, I met, you know, I was talking with Alan Fanica for like five minutes. And he was, he's my brother's neighbor. Uh, it was, I was like. You're, you're an NFL Hall of Fame lineman, like recently. Like, what? Wh how? How do you? Excuse me, sir. Sir, can you come here? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I got to meet him, but there's another member of the Who's Got Who's Got Next podcast who actually talks about, and I think it's you, Mike. I think you got next for this one for your topic of, you know, athletes or celebrities of an individual that you would like to meat all right so i'll let you take it away who, what's, yeah yeah so so this is just you don't want to you know I, and I was thinking about it today because we had our question last week who would you sit down to supper with and you know you had your three people and you know i just wanted to know like if you guys had the chance like who would you want in some more one-on-one -on -one time with and i didn't you know and i put celebrities and football people in there but like whoever you want so like pick whoever you want you know i uh, passed away or still with us you know if you, you could sit down with them for an afternoon and just totally pick their brain get to know them you know maybe go along with our you know one of our last questions like how did the media misconstrue things you did or you know misrepresent what you did and things of that yeah. nature i like it i like it. i so, mean my, uh, mine would be easy i mean it would be mario from hashtag sports <laughs> I mean, yeah. you don't get to meet somebody of that caliber who's just hanging out with, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, mine Mine would be. Diamonds. I hate you sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I was actually going to say Connor Carney from, from Boston, Massachusetts. That was my pick. 
I I should start one of those. Uh, what what's the thing where the celebrities do the uh, the speeches? The cameos. Well, cameo. Yeah, I can I can start yeah. one of those. Well, Connors was going to be Nick Folk, and then they realized like I, Nick Folk I was, has a restraining order against him, so they he they just he does, can't. but that's that's also expiring at the end of twenty twenty three. So <laughs> after that, all bets are off. <laughs> Any, anyways, I mean, you, you follow the you follow the guy around Gillette Stadium once, and now all of a sudden you can't go out to dinner with him. <laughs> I think uh, I think Ray already took one of mine who would be on the short list, and that's uh, Adam Sandler, oh, all-time legend. Okay. That would okay. be a good one. I wonder yeah. what he'd be Remember like just behind the scenes chilling. I very I'd be apparently he's very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, I have so, two. One of them's for business. One of them's selfishly. I hold on, I, can I say one thing? I need to say one thing first. You are your Remember, back. remember back. when I said, uh, "Hey, Connor." I, I got you an autograph by somebody famous, but because of the nature of what I do, I'm not allowed to say like who I was at for the event. So please don't publicly talk about who I met and, and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's why I never told anyone. Yeah. Thanks, bud. <laughs> it was just another guy that looks like somebody else who might be related to somebody. <laughs> Mario, take it away. <laughs> From the world of vague to... Um, all right, so if selfishly for business reasons i would love you know like just the way mike put it is like i would love to sit down with vince mcmahon from a business standpoint to say listen you start a business what are some things i should look for what are some things i should take a look at uh entertainment you know as far as like he wants to promote himself as an entertainer you know entertainment business uh, he even said that to ted turner one time because ted turner was like i'm in the wrestling business and then vince was like well great i'm in the entertainment business i don't care um so that for selfishly, but uh, other than that, I would like to go to Walla Walla, Washington, up to the Double Back Winery, and hang out with Drew Bledsoe for a day. Nice on his on on, on his if, in his winery. I would love oh, just for a day to drink wine and talk with Drew about that. I'm like, oh. So how did you feel when Tony Romo was playing Tom Brady in that one Monday night game? <laughs> like, what would you do? Uh, yeah, he puts his glass of wine down and just goes, "Fuck." He's like, "Why do you? Why do you think I drink out here all the time?" Oh my god! I'll tell you guys. Like, I'm not even joking, guys. When I tell you this, from '93 until I graduated high school, I imitated him all the time. I imitated his throwing motion, that little that little thing that he does before he used to throw. All the I threw exactly like Bledsoe because he was my favorite. It was crazy. <laughs> all right uh bledsoe fan club leader there we I, go i was at one point believe me i was <laughs> ray how Razor, about you? other than connor who are you gonna have who are you gonna have dinner with or meet um so i've been trying to think about it. sorry the reset made my internet worse than it was before so well we hear you um, a lot better yeah it's better yeah, it seemed better good because yeah. you guys cut out every three seconds for me so either all your internet sucks at one time or my internet still sucks this is uh <laughs> i just texted my wife because she's by the thing and nothing is like you know the, the lights that are supposed to be like solid everything is flashing nothing is solid <laughs> again thank know. you to bell for having the fastest most reliable internet in canada i tweeted at them they haven't tweeted Big back plug yet. to them but i would the love hamster, to the hamster's sick I would love to have a conversation with with Bell Canada live. I, I wonder if I could get a rep from Bell to come on the air with me and uh, oh my god, and talk about how shitty their service is. That'd be Ross, that'd be nice. Ross right? said that uh, that you're gonna you'd have Ronaldo is who you'd meet for a day, hang out with for a day. Would you hang out What's with Ronaldo that? for a day? No, if I got to hang out with somebody for a day, it'd be Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies would be the guy. He's a Canadian soccer player, plays for Bayern Munich. He's like. 
a superstar of Canada at the moment. People are just in love with this kid. He's going to donate his entire World Cup. Uh, first time Canada's been in the World Cup since 1986. He's going to donate team? his... What's that? Do you have a team? <laughs> <laughs> They've been about as success as successful in the World Cup as Buffalo's been in the NFL. So and, and there it is, um, folks. And there it is. Yeah, they were that. But they look really good this year. They kind of like Buffalo. They kind of really turned around the qualified for the World Cup. So they're probably gonna get what they're probably gonna do is be very Buffalo. They're gonna get everybody's hopes up. They're gonna let them down when it really counts, right? Like, last, like last they're gonna seconds. they're gonna be up like one nothing with like 13 seconds left in the game against like Argentina, and then Argentina's gonna score. And they're going to lose in overtime, and we're going to blame the overtime rules for the loss. That's what we're going to. That's what if we're going. Canada to do places, you have to go through a table. That's fair. places what like in the top three? <laughs> yeah, top three. If, if Canada, I'll put it, I'll put it out there right now, guys. If Canada places top three, I will not just go through a table. I will go through a plastic table. <laughs> Damn, right. like one of the ones that fold in half. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's already, it's already. Split I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> The Wood it WWE might, ones might get, are fine. It might get to put me through it. Anyways, can I fucking finish? I gave you guys. I sat here quietly and listened to all you guys fucking give your answers. Why can't I give mine? Mike, so I cue, would pick, cue the CM Punk meme. Yeah. Pay attention to me. <laughs> I would about, pick Alfonso Davies because he's a fucking chill guy, but he's a, he's an immigrant to Canada. He was an immigrant to Canada, and he said Canada has treated him so well. He's donating his entire World Cup check to charity to help support other immigrants uh, through soccer programs across Canada. So the guy's a solid guy. He's a Champions League winner with Bayern Munich, Club World Cup winner with Bayern Munich, three-time Bundesliga champion, German Cup champion. The motherfucker is a baller. Love him. It'd be Alfonso Davies. But we're going to move on. Oh, have you given your answer, Mike? No, I'll go quick. You know, I didn't pick a sports guy. Uh, I love Robin Williams, and I would love to be able to sit in a room with him for, you know, half a day and pick his brain because as funny and as jovial as he was, I think there was a side to him that, you know, a lot of people didn't get to see. So that would be really interesting. That's a great yeah, Robin Williams hey. would be great. And you, but it, you yeah. really, like, you're, like, a little too chill for Robin Williams. Like, could you keep up with him? Probably. Like, could you have a conversation with guys? Like, oh, and I'm going to hear it. Oh, I'm Scottish. And then, it, like, it just, he was just like, he That's just. It. Dude, I just put the camera on and let it go. Put it on the I, internet after. Unlike, unlike, Ad, unlike Adam Sandler, Robin Robin Williams never fell off a cliff. Like, he was just, he was it's funny true. right till the end. Right yeah. till the way. He was hilarious. And then thus proving, ladies and gentlemen, on the Who's Got Next podcast, <laughs> what you see is what you get here, folks. It's That's not right. like I wonder what these guys are like off the air and stuff. We we say the same nonsense that we say to each other all the time. You should see our group chat. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just it's 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 stupid. It's like it's one of those memes where it's like, uh, you know, I'm gonna be at the pearly gates and God's gonna be like, you know, you donated a lot to charity, but your group chat memes, <laughs> your group chat, <laughs> guy, bro, got you kicked out. <laughs> we heard that one joke that Mario made, and uh, we can't let you all in guilt by association. God. God. <laughs> Check the salary cap. Check the salary cap. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I'm giving anybody. That's all I'm giving anybody. We're not repeating nothing else. All right, guys. You saved two million. Anyway, we need to move on. I got next. Um, and I want to talk about the game of baseball. And I want to talk about how volatile of a sport baseball is in the sense of last Thursday, Connor, and you'll understand this more than anybody. Last Thursday, mm. the Toronto Blue Jays 
won a game against Baltimore. They lost the series. They were half a point. They were clinging on to their wild card position by half a point. They had a four-game series against the New York Yankees coming up, and then they had an off day, and then a three-game series against the Boston Red Sox. I wrote an article on Thursday for DeanBlundell.com, and I said I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the weekend the Blue Jays weren't in the playoffs anymore. I wouldn't be surprised by the end of August that they were three, four, five games out of a wild card spot. They win three of four against the Yankees and crushed them in those three games. Crushed the Red Sox last night. Sorry. And uh, by the way, I know I tweeted this at you, but I was talking to the city of Toronto, the entire city, and they asked me to personally thank you, you personally, for Jackie Bradley Jr., I'm um, still waiting to get like a, a proper like thank you basket or something, you know, maybe a fruit basket, <laughs> nice little thing of chocolates. So I'll just be he, looking out for whatever the nice people in Toronto want to send. You guys gave him a nice standing ovation last night, though. It was nice. Did, uh, George, yep. George Springer pushed him out. But anyways, the reason I want to talk about the volatility of baseball, because I think like no sport has this where on Thursday you're like, hey, they're going to be out of the playoff spots by the weekend. I'm working on a piece tonight about George Springer and how he's the heart and soul of the Blue Jays. And it's, if you look at the numbers, when George Springer is, is hitting singles, the Blue Jays win. Tonight I'm going to be writing, or I actually wrote a line that says the Blue Jays look like one of the best teams in baseball right now. So how do you go from a team that you write, they're, you know, they're going to be four or five games out of a playoff spot, and four days later you're like, hey, they're one of the best teams in baseball. Is it the most volatile, volatile sport in all of professional sports? You want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think one of the reasons is because of how often they play. Nobody else plays like back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Like they'll play six games in a week. So when teams start to hit a drought, they can really go downhill fast and it's tough to recover. And then when teams start to play really well and get really hot, they can just keep it rolling. Because, I mean, it's more difficult than like football because you can be really good one week and then another, the other games usually at earliest a week a week later you're playing Sunday to Sunday or Sunday to the next Monday or whatever. And baseball between Sunday and Sunday, you're going to have six games. You can go five and one and all of a sudden things are completely turned around. So it's just so many opportunities when you get hot, you can just keep it rolling. And when teams can't find a win, they turn into the Boston Red Sox. I knew it was coming. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think, Mario? I know you're not a big baseball guy, but you like baseball. We had a conversation in that. I know Paul, Paul, your partner on hashtag, also part of the Dean Bundell Network. Got to keep pushing it, right? I'm, yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's a huge big, big New York Yankee fan. Him and I had a great discussion about Jeter and, and all that the other night. Um, is it the most volatile sport? Like, is it a sport where the waves of emotion? Because I, I think I get what Connor's saying. Because, like, in football, if it's a bad game, you hold that for a week. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's a, yeah, until yeah, the yeah. next game. Whereas like with the Blue Jays within six days, I'm going from they're going to be five games out of a playoff spot by the end of the Red Sox series to now writing. They look like one of the best teams in baseball. I wouldn't want to run into them. You know, all of a sudden Stripling comes out against Baltimore, pitches a gem, goes like seven or six scoreless innings, has a gem against uh, the Yan- or against, but no, last night against, last against night, the Sox yeah. has a Stripling has a, a gem against the Sox. And I'm going, I don't want to go against Stripling. Oh, all of a sudden, Barrios looks like he can pitch again. All of a sudden, they're hitting. I mean, they were hitting the other way to right field. These were home run hitters hitting to right field and hitting singles. Eight, an eight-run inning, eight runs in the in, in the fifth or something like that. You know what I mean? Or five runs. I mean, just, you know, embarrassed the Red Sox. So is there another sport that you go through the waves so quickly? I don't. 
See, that's the thing. That's weird for me. You, like, you, you bring up football initially, and you say there's 16 games in football. There's 162. No. So you got – okay, so you, or 17. So you said, okay, there's 10 times the amount of games. So there's If you think about the waves that go on in football, the last five, six weeks of the season, even though you play – that's only five, six games. So therefore, you're sitting there, and you're going, okay, this team – didn't even have a shot to make the playoffs and all of a sudden they're in the wild card hunt and maybe, you know, maybe the second seed or how the seeds all work and all stuff. Multiply that times 10. That's how crazy it is. And like the, in baseball, it's like fast food and football. It's like a home cooked meal. So you're sitting there, you're like, boom, 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 boom. We're playing these four. All right. All right. We, we can't dwell on that. We got this guy going this week, this week, we got to go or this day or this and all this other stuff. It's so fast in how the turnaround happens that you it, it's, a certified marathon like people like to talk about football being a marathon oh you know we're four and oh yeah okay it's a marathon but be careful baseball is the ultimate marathon sport where you could say listen we had a crappy april we had a crappy uh may our june was iffy and july we were all right and then you could just be get hot and you just go like the rest of the season and you could be amazing Football, if you have like two or three bad weeks, you're like, oh, God, what's our draft position if we lose the rest of these? Like, you know, you're sitting there doing that. So a lot of that intertwined is I could see how it would be really crazy for a lot of people that watch baseball. Like, okay, listen, you know, we were in last place with 30 games left. (laughs) We went 25 and five. Now we're in the driver's seat. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you guys do it because I'm – I want, I want that, you know, okay, football. I know it's a week long, but you – okay, let's go, let's go. We got beat them. They have to lose to them. Okay, good. Baseball, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how many teams are left? How many more games? You just have Jesus to flip Christ. out and, like, regularly overly, overreact <laughs> the entire season. Your but tweets on, keep me – are my baseball. Yeah, updates. I, I, I was going to say there's, there's the actually way. nothing more entertaining than following Connor on Twitter during baseball season because one day the Red Sox are – dude, you put out one the other day on my birthday because I, I remember on my birthday – no, it was on the weekend of my birthday. I laughed my ass off when you, you wrote, just leave the bullpen in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> so I just left the, the whole thing there. They didn't – no one needed to come back. That's probably the second the best streets. tweet he's ever had. The first one was, who do you want to rocket into the moon or something? <laughs> oh, you Cordero, but I recently had to call truce to him, and now I can't criticize him anymore, which is already driving me nuts because I want to rifle off tweets about how I want him back in double A. Uh, yeah. Can I ask you another question? Like, yeah. even Kiki the other night, or last night, why can your outfielders not feel the baseball? Like it's what is terrible what, this year? Or even the infielders can't feel the pop fly. Like what is with the Red Sox and just their stupidity? Total lackadaisical effort, man. It's like they don't even really put. There's no concentration, no effort. Some of the guys are just dogging it, like Duran out there in center field, lighting up an inside the park grand slam. Watch the ball go over his head. Just complete, <laughs> you know, no effort. That was against the Blue Jays too, wasn't it? The end, it was, the, the yeah. Park Grand Slam, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't even move. No, I remember Connor flipped out once and he threw. He put a thing up and it was uh, it was a pop fly in the infield and everybody missed it and everybody was safe. But I told Connor the Blue Jays hit the ball like that on purpose. They put spin on it the did. ball when it pops right up to the pitcher and four guys just stare at it. Um, we'll get to Ross. Ross drops a super shot. We'll get to it in a second because I did want to. Uh, bring up one last point but yeah no um following connor during baseball season is the best uh red sox can't field 
But um, Mike, actually, I wanted to get your opinion. Like, is there a sport more volatile in your opinion? Like Mario talked about the marathon. I talked about the wave of emotion. I think Connor and I, when it comes to sports, live like Mike, you're you get angry. You're either like you like you're either like indifferent or angry about things. Like you don't sit back and enjoy things. Where like Connor and I. I think I tweeted out the other day because I cover the Blue Jays here and I was like, uh, I wrote on third. I think I took my exact tweet was I wrote on Thursday, the Blue Jays will be out of a playoff spot by, by, you know, by, by the end of the weekend world series is back on. I take full responsibility for motivating the Blue Jays. And I think that was a fair tweet. Oh, they need- yeah. You know, they it's knew fun- rates from because- Dean Blundell wrote, but do you think it's the most volatile sport? A- absolutely. Especially in season, right? Mario talked about the sheer volume of games. I think you get some of that in football in certain doses, depending on who's who's won, maybe who's gotten injured that week, right? Like injuries in football are, I don't want to say a much bigger thing, but they, they can definitely swing a team much more. The only thing I'll kind of push back on a little bit is we've talked about football being a 365 a year product versus baseball. And like this year, we kind of see it you know, especially, you know, I can talk about the Patriots in training camp every day is like this emotional swing from Patriots fans. It's it's absolutely uh, ridiculous, you know, what you see from some of these teams and even the people that watch one preseason game and they're all of a sudden like, oh, my team's in it. This guy's the best. You know, we're going to the Super Bowl. That's the only thing I can equate in season baseball to is maybe like preseason football where people get all kind of hyped up you know not for the right or wrong reason but but i think there's a hype up but i don't think it has but the argument i'll throw back is i don't think it has the again if i go through connor's twitter right i will find 25 world series predictions for the red sox this year after a win and i will find 20 25 send the whole team to 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 Pawtucket or you know what I mean and or Nantucket and or to the moon and they're they're no good and I think that I think I agree with Mario in football if you go 0 and 4 unless you go on a major run your season's pretty much over you your team you know your team is done right like you're now conceding a quarter of the way through the season I go back to 2000 and I think it was either 13 or 14 the Toronto Blue Jays were in had made all these moves in the offseason the year before brought in Mark Burley uh uh, R.A. Dickey and uh Jose Reyes and, and they're going nowhere they're like fourth in the AL East they look like shit trade deadline coming up they trade for for Tulowitzki they bring in David Price uh, Marcus Stroman comes back from an ACL. All of a sudden, they win the AL East. You know, like they win the division. They go all the way to the AL Championship. That's the you know Batista bat flip and and whatnot, right? And I don't in football, you you don't see that. I mean, look at Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore yeah. starting this season had no chance of getting to the playoffs. Now they're fighting for a wild card. Right. It's again. I, I don't I don't disagree with you again in season baseball totally agree again I'll I'll just kind of parrot what Mario says here sheer volume of games you know I think the Red Sox were a great example last year everybody kind of had them out of it at the beginning of the season and you know they end up doing pretty well Um, it's baseball is a different animal to me to be honest with you guys and I think Ray, you know this probably better than anybody. I probably watch about 10 baseball games a year because I I literally, like, my attention span doesn't allow me 
to yeah. watch that many games because if I got as emotionally invested to your point, it, you know, in baseball as I do football, I'd be on the roof half the time. Yeah. I it'd, it'd be untenable. Before we answer Ross's question, I want to thank Hoffins. It was 2015. It's when I quit my job because I was unemployed for the bat flip. I remember that. Um, Ross says thoughts on the Yanks fans throwing trash. Uh, I, I assume at Cleveland. Um, I'm going to say something very cautiously because I don't I don't like painting a whole fan base. It happens to me as a Patriots fan all the time. Our whole fan base gets painted like, oh, fucking, you know, Patriots fans are the biggest assholes in the world. I'm like, have you met Connor Carney? If you met him, you would never say that all Patriots right. fans are assholes. You know what I mean? Um, but in stadium Yankee fans, especially the bleacher creatures, are probably the worst fans in sports, and Toronto sports fans are probably second. I'm going to be real with you because Toronto sports fans throw shit at players all the time too. So it's uh, it's not uncommon here. Uh, I think it's gross and disgusting. I'm embarrassed when Toronto fans do it. Um, Toronto fans cheered Kevin Durant in the finals when his Achilles blew out. They cheered his injury. Like we're disgusting. So I have a problem going after some fan bases. Um, the fact though, that they were throwing trash at Cleveland players, the city of Cleveland is on my shit list right now because of all of them. I don't know if you guys saw some of the signs coming out, like fuck them hoes, free Deshaun, um, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, the Cleveland Browns fans are pieces of shit and I don't really like the whole city of Cleveland right now. I then- deleted his Twitter because of that. He should have. He, he had, had to. to have. He had to. He, would <laughs> he have had to. Burned. But what do you guys think? Yanks fans throwing trash at Cleveland. That was a while ago, right? Or did they do it again? Uh, I was going to say, I didn't even see that. I didn't know that this had happened. I know they've thrown they've thrown trash at multiple people. They threw stuff last year at uh, Alex Verdugo out in left field. So there's been a few incidences, but I completely agree with what you said. I don't like to bunch a whole entire fan base together. But, yeah, it seems like there seems to be an issue with whoever's out there in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium. They like to throw stuff at players for whatever reason. Yeah, it's it's gross. I don't think I, it's at least in Buffalo, long. man. All they do is toss a couple dildos at a few guys. Outside of that, dude, nothing. You know, they keep it classy. <laughs> didn't, didn't they kind of lighten Tom Brady's I mean, eyes? And it's weird because a lot of Buffalo fans are probably Yankee fans, but for some reason, when they get in Yankee Stadium, they just and it's the bleacher creed. They just they change. Yeah, it's the vibe. Yeah, I've been I've been a, I've been in a Bills game. Um, it's a different animal when you when you're in the end zone versus when you're like at the forty yard line, like seventeen rows up, versus when you're in the three hundred section. It's like three different games if you've ever been there. It, it's it's not normal at all. Like it it's it's crazy how it, you could sit down. It's like you're at a uh, when you're at the forty yard line. It's like you're at an opera. You're sitting. No one stands up. You're just, <laughs> Everyone's trading million dollar companies, you know, to your right and left. You're like, okay, got why am I here? Oh, my friend gave me tickets. You go up to the nosebleeds, you got, I can't drink too much because I'll fall off. And, you know, and then you got the guys in the end zone that are like, yeah, it's 11 below. I didn't bring a shirt. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird seeing that dichotomy throughout the stadium on at any given day, you know, and, and Ray's right. The bleacher creatures are the worst uh, on God's given earth. Like they're the worst. And that's a New York man saying it. So it's gotta be true. Um, okay. So am I frozen? Can you guys hear me? No, you're no we got you. No, you're good. Okay. Cause you guys are frozen on my side. Um, we need to move on here. Um, and we're going to go uh, in and in a, in a, we're going to stay in a sports direction because like seven of our eight fucking topics today were sports related. But uh, thanks, gentlemen. But um, you're welcome. Let's talk about 
legends of the past and how they would fare in today's game. Mario, you got next. I thought it was very, very interesting. We were talking about players either in the NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever, that if you took them out of – I think we can all agree. I'm pretty sure this panel and a lot of you that are guys are watching or listening can agree that if you took any player of today and put them back 50 years, they would absolutely dominate. I mean, for Christ's sake, Gene Upshaw was an Hall of Fame guard at 260. Okay, if you put him in at 260 right now as a guard, he'd get manhandled by any defensive tackle. Yeah, and, I was. Know, a, I think we I, well, can, you guys you have were, all heard my story. You guys have all heard my story. I was a two fifty guard, right? And yeah. In high school, I was a, I was a, I was a monster. Yeah. Um. After high school, I looked like a little person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like the smallest guard I stood next to was like six foot three, two eighty, and oh I was God. six foot. I was six foot two fifty. I looked like I should have been trying out for the wide receiver crew, except I was fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except like I had like, like I had a, like I have a lineman body. I got the big stomach, the big back. Like we didn't work out for. We worked out for strength. It was all core strength. It was eat a lot, eat a lot of carbs, and lift weights. Right? That was <laughs> lineman workouts. Um, so like I could, I I did not look like a football player. Because I look like I should have been trying out for wide receiver, but I was just too big. It, it's gross um, how big these guys can get. Um, I'll go first if you guys are okay with that. Um, but I get. I should we set parameters? Like, yeah, let's because, set parameters. Because so, the, the 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 question was at the end of that was, which player from the past? Now we're gonna go opposite. What players? Which player or players from the past do you think could thrive in today's game? Bigger, so faster, guess, stronger. I guess the param- parameters is like: Is Ken Griffey Jr. going back far enough? Because that's the first guy that came to my head. I think he would dominate. Oh, he could play anywhere. That I swing think, would work anywhere. Yeah, I think he would dominate today, like he did back then. But was that too soon? That's why I'm asking for parameters. Oh no, no, no! I think it, I mean he re- he. No, because he came up with that. He came up in the 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's And we're talking the 80s is going to be like 50 years ago very soon. Yeah, so, I guess. So I'm going to say Ken Griffey Jr. That guy, to I me, if, if it was not for injuries, would have gone down as the greatest of all time in baseball. Like, he was really on that trajectory. And I don't think there would have been an argument. He could field. He could run. He could steal. He could hit. Um, he could hit for power. He could hit for finesse. He was clutch when he needed to be clutch. Um, Seattle was so stupid to get rid of them the same way they were stupid to get rid of A-Rod because that's just what Seattle does. They get rid of good players. Um, Ichiro. Ichiro. But at the end of his career, he went to the Yankees, right? But he he stayed there. But um, to me, and, and just so you guys know, Ichiro is the GOAT in my book of baseball. Like did from you see a, what the the thing he did the other day? Oh, I, I covered I covered it on my on my thing. I do race sports rants for Dean Blundell, like Ichiro being Ichiro, his little skills competition where he pinned <laughs> off four baseball bats clean and then like launched one across the field. Yeah, he's fucking unreal. He, he can still play. He's he can not, still play today. He's not human. No, he's no, not. he's not. Ichiro's the goat in my opinion. But um, no, I'm gonna go him and Mickey Mantle. Those are my two. Like those are my two poster childs for baseball. As as players not yeah. as human beings because we know mickey mantle was an asshole right but as as players mickey mantle and Ichiro. but i go ken griffey jr i think he would dominate in today in today's baseball world the same way he dominated back then i love it i love it mike who you got buddy who, who uh, could you transplant from an earlier era that would play well in today's game i mean it, it again i don't know if this is going you know too soon i guess he's older than ken griffey so probably not really but dan marino in football i think he would oh. thrive in today's off offensive football because he was basically the birth of that. I think he, you know, 
probably one of the best throws of the football ever. He he would probably be, you know, one of the best quarterbacks today with the way way the NFL works and with the oh. weapons involved. It, it'd be it'd be scary to see what he could do. Oh, that's a good one, Ross. Ross comes in with Bo Jackson. Bo that Jackson. guy was, yeah, was Bo Jackson superhuman. didn't get injured. Absolutely. Gretzky's a good one, too, from Hoffins. Gretzky would probably dominate today's day just because of his brain. Again, yeah. he's really like Tom Brady in that way of just yeah. – like he knew where the puck was going. That was the whole thing, right? Like Wayne knew where, like Wayne could tell what was happening before anything even happened. Yeah. So him, yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot of guys like that. that and I mean, Ross, there. you and I could debate the Bo Jackson each road debate and, and I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We could have that debate, but I think we can at least agree. Those are just two great players. Like, you know what I mean? I think we could settle on that. I think it was Mike Greenberg. I think it was the 30 for 30 for you don't know Bo. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. If anyone's ever listened and ever seen that. It was Mike Greenberg, I think he said, it's a good thing that we got Bo when we did. Because if he was coming out like five or six years after, people would have accused him in the court of public opinion, as we talked about earlier, of using steroids. 100%. Because this guy was like, yeah. he ran like a 4-1. He was did, just... Did you know Bo Jackson said it? If he could do it all over again, he wouldn't play football? Yeah. Really? He would have played professional <laughs> baseball. Yeah, because his whole both his so careers when... got cut short because of yeah. his concussion, right? He got that concussion. Yeah. No, no, no. And it, was his, it was his leg. Yeah, but he, he said it was the concussion that basically ended his career. He said he talked about the concussion and his ears were ringing. And that was pretty much the beginning of the end for him. And uh, he said that he, if he could do it all over again, he doesn't let his kids play football. Both his kids play baseball. And yeah. uh, if he could do it all over again, he'd never play football. Really? Which, which you know what? I'm going to give a little tease for, for the Patreon because I'm going to bring this up on the Patreon. So don't answer. But are we going to eventually see because you're, you're seeing more and more pro athletes that are like like pro football players that are like, no, my kids are never going to play football because of the CTE and concussions and all that. Are we eventually going to see a depleted talent pool as guys decide to go play other sports? Because a lot of these guys who play pro football are good enough to play pro sports elsewhere. And will they will we start to see depleted piece? So you got to check it out. www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. It's only five dollars a month to get an exclusive show every Wednesday for five bucks a month. And tonight we will be discussing will there be a depleted pool? Um, over in the NFL, but uh, sorry, Loves carry on. on the Patreon, guys. So make sure you hit it in the description. Yes, it's it's, right. it's you think this is unleashed? We go completely unleashed on the Patreon. It's ridiculous, oh, yeah. and then you get the best. You get the best Bundesliga yes. coverage in the world. Connor is in a debate with a podcast right now. Who claims that be the best Bundesliga coverage in the world? They're frauds. <laughs> They're frauds. <laughs> I'm gonna rate them a cease and desist letter. They're lying. <laughs> But dude, Connor, you're giving you're giving legal guy. too much work to do. I know Connor, they're gonna, they have a lot of work uh, with me. You need to listen a little bit better though. When I say Bauckham, you can't think I said Ockham. Oh yeah, that that was just a misunderstanding. So anybody who bet on them, I apologize. I didn't. I have poor hearing. Obviously, so I wasn't incorrect. I've never been incorrect. A little tip. I I said Bayern Munich and Bauckham. Connor heard Ockham. Ockham. So I, th- I thought he was talking about the Oxford Ockhams. And uh, Byron won seven nothing over the weekend. I, I, tried, I, tried I saw to, that coming. I tried to put it the other way. Anyways, guys, <laughs> who Mike? Who Mike? Or no, Connor? Who would? Who would thrive in in modern day sport in your eyes? Oh, easy, David Wells. I mean, is there, is there any other pitcher, man? That's just that timeless. That guy David? could drink a six pack of beer, smoke a couple cigarettes, go out there and throw a one hitter. David Wells was an absolute legend. 
He talks in one of his stories, I read it somewhat recently, that he drank about 15 beers the night before, and then he went out and threw a no-hitter the next day. Uh, he threw, he drank three beers in the dressing room before the game, too, because he was hung over. <laughs> yes, 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 he did. Yeah. He 100% admitted to drinking beers prior to pitching, and uh, he would go out there and just throw absolute gems. So that guy, I mean, it just doesn't matter. He doesn't need a six-pack. He doesn't need to train. All he's got to do is just get out there and sling it and be a generational talent. David Wells all day, man. Yeah. Why, do you guys, do you why guys does Connor who? seem like uh, what's it, Randy Quaid's character in um, Kingpin right now? Well, it's so <laughs> it's so intimidating being around all these great athletes. <laughs> do you uh, do you know who David Wells won his first World Series with? Ah, uh, <gasps> the Yan- I thought it was the Yankees. I don't know though. No, David Wells was a relief pitcher in 1992 and 1993 with the Toronto Blue Jays. You're right. He started I did his career. Know that I think. Look who oh, we got a this visitor. is my favorite podcast guest in the world. Hi, Put an earphone nice. in her ear. What are you doing? How are you doing? Put an earphone in her ear. Juice. They all want to. They all want to say hello to you. Hello, it's my favorite podcast guest. Usually, you only come on the Patreon. How are you? Um, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> how are say, you? How are you? Are you good? Yeah. What do you want to is, say? Is is Mac Jones still more handsome than Josh Allen? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, God. I love when Mario's kids crash the podcast. It's the best. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Are you gonna go back and are you chewing gum? How dare you, woman? My fav my favorite moment ever was it was on a Patreon and that little girl right there who's like the sweetest thing in the world comes in mario sitting there and she just slams her cup on the desk and goes juice (laughs) (laughs) mario i never saw mario jump so fast he's like all right guys i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) she's like peasant give me my juice (laughs) just slammed it juice that's the greatest i don't know if you guys know netflix cartoons you know we're getting off topic kissing here and there but if you've ever seen masha and the bear that is the relationship of me and my daughter. Mosh is this little kid that drags around this bear to do it. All he wants to do is just maintain what he's got in his house. And, this, <laughs> and she drags him all over to go skiing, do this, that, all the crazy stuff. He's just like, okay, I guess I got to go. That's around the finger. Yep, so another absolutely. lost soul drops the one who probably Touché. all missed. Iron Mike. He would dominate boxing yeah. today. A, like a Touché. prime mm. Mike Tyson would dominate boxing today. He'd make it uh, relevant again, at least. He'd yep. make it very relevant. Well, I mean, there's been some 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 big fights out there. You got the you got some fighters, Canelo, you got uh Triple G, you've got um uh, Anthony Joshua who's got his rematch, and I Mike Tyson would knock them all out. So uh <laughs> good show, good show. Yeah, Tyson, the rope of dope. One of the uh, just went in his prime. I mean, Muhammad Ali said they would last one round together, and Muhammad Ali was the most arrogant boxer in the world. He said they'd last one round, and Tyson would have knocked him out, even with his whole. Uh, oh, on on Arsenio Hall, you remember that when they yep. were all there with Sugar Ray, and he goes, "Yep." He goes, "He'd have to catch me first. But he did. He caught me. Um, it'd be over." <laughs> yep. yes, he did. Oh yeah, he did the whole. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, all right, boys, we only got a couple minutes left, so let's just uh, let's stay on this subject. But um, I want to go back to baseball if I can for one more second because there was a point I wanted to make, and I totally forgot when I was making it, and that's why I kind of trailed off and threw it at Connor and was like, Connor, answer. <laughs> baseball is also a sport too, though, unlike the NFL or NHL or NBA, that 
the the draft matters in the sense of building your future team, but it means nothing for your current team. Like you don't mm. sit around watching the draft going draft a pitcher or you need to draft pitching or you need to draft a, be- a third baseman. Mm. Baseball is really the only sport where it's best player available. It's the yeah. only professional sport where you're like, because these guys, when you draft a guy, he's three, four, five, six years away from coming to the majors. Like it's, he's going to help you down the road and you can, and, and half the time these guys are just trade bait at some point to try to, to try to pick up somebody else. So it's like, that's why I think in baseball, when you talk about the, uh, the volatility too, when a team sucks, you don't even have that. Like, so that whole, the year, the Patriots, the, the 2020 year with Cam Newton, right? At the end, Connor and I were like, okay, they're out of the playoffs now. At least lose. Like, right. lose on the last game of the year to the Jets because Zach Wilson's available, right? Trey Lance is available. Mac Jones is available. Like, the savior was coming up in the draft. Nobody's going to come and save your season from this year to next because of the draft in, in baseball. That is interesting. And there's a lot yet. more guys yeah. that don't go to college, too. That I mean, because because the, the, the biggest thing that the NFL has is they take the top players from the college. From college. Um, so a lot of, I, I just know a lot of 18 and 19 year old guys out of high school get drafted for the, for the MLB. And if you, if you spend four or five years coaching them, he's 23. Now he's starting his career. You know what I mean? That's right. That's insane. Plus there's the, 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 uh, the number of division or levels that you have single a double a triple a where these guys go, the rosters in major league baseball are ginormous and it's scary because we got, and, and they don't publicize it though. You know what I mean? Like the NFL makes the draft something you have to watch. No, I never see that in, in Major League Baseball. I also yeah. think if I name some of the guys who were drafted into Major League Baseball, we all know the Bo Jacksons. We all know Deion Sanders, right? And they play played both. We know that Tom Brady was drafted by the Expos, right? We know Russell Wilson was drafted by the Rangers. Like we know yeah, some yeah, yeah. of those guys, yeah. right? But let me give you some names. Everybody know Shaq Thompson, the linebacker? Uh, yeah. for the Panthers, right? Yes, drafted by the Red Sox in the 18th round in 2012. And he's, I'm expecting him to come over any day now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, 2012 draft, 15th round, Texas Rangers, Jameis Winston. Wow. Ooh. Should have played baseball. Mm. Here's another guy who had an interesting career, drafted by the Oakland Athletics, Matt Castle. Oh, wow. In 2004. Really? This one I didn't know. Drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers in the 39th round, because that's what baseball is, in 2008. And then he was drafted again in the 27th round in 2009 by Minnesota. I would say, I'd call him an all-time receiver. Eric Decker. Wow. He was drafted twice? He was drafted twice. How do you get drafted twice? I think the first time you just don't sign. But don't they don't they have your know. rights for a yeah, number of it, years? No, and once you sure. if you don't sign and you go like say you stay in college, you don't sign, then you're back in the draft the next year. You're back in the pool. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So here's another guy. What if he would have went down this road? How would have it let's talk about it for real? How would this would have changed the NFL in how they look at equality? Drafted as a picture pitcher in two thousand nine by the Chicago Cubs, Colin Kaepernick. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He threw gas. Did he? He was he was a, a monster. He threw gas, dude. That would have that yeah. Yeah, it yeah. would have changed the landscape completely. Yeah. How Here's about another remember, one. you remember this guy? 
real quick before you go on your list. Everyone thought he was going to be a receiver in the NFL from Notre Dame. Jeff Samarja. Remember him? Yes. Yes. He ended up pitching for the Cubs forever. Yep. Didn't Everybody he? thought he was going to be an it'd be a great star receiver yeah, and he chose like, baseball. Nope, I'm going to go baseball. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I think this guy's a, a, a decent wide receiver, drafted twice, once by Arizona, once by San Francisco, Golden Tate. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another guy who probably should have picked baseball, Brandon Whedon, was drafted <laughs> oh, yeah. in 2002 by the New York Yankees. Wasn't he 30 <laughs> yep. when he wow. got drafted in the NFL? <laughs> Here's another one. Imagine what could have been. Dante Culpepper, drafted by the Yankees in 95. Wow. wow. At least Here's... CC would have had some company. <laughs> 1979, the Kansas City Royals tried to get their hands on uh, this guy. I mean, he carved out a decent NFL career, John Elway. Um, oh you know, he probably made the right decision playing in the NFL. We all know Deion Sanders. We all know Bo Jackson. Um, how about this guy? Maybe he could have won a championship. Drafted by the Kansas City Royals in 1979 as well, Dan Marino. Wow. wow. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yep. realize. Yeah. And then he decided to go to college and in 1983, uh, went to the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, we know. So, uh, yeah, like there's been a lot of guys. Matt Moore, career backup, drafted 22nd round, which is actually a pretty good, like that means you're a pretty, pretty big high, prospect. Yeah. Uh, Anaheim Angels uh, drafted him, and then he obviously went to the Cowboys. So, I mean, there's a – and I'm sure there's an even bigger list. This was just what – this was NFL.com put out. But, That's yeah, there's been a ton of crossover between baseball and, and football, and it's all about money, right? Because in football, you can get paid almost immediately. In yep. baseball, it can take you, you know, six, years. seven, eight years. But once you hit the majors, you're, you're – I think the average salary in the majors is like $4.5 or something like that. Yeah, probably, That's, yeah. That's why it makes me laugh with some of these guys that they go in. But I mean, you, you're you're guaranteed contracts in, in Major League Baseball if you end up yeah. going up. Like, there's no guarantees; they're just signing bonuses, and as as we all know. But it's it's um it's interesting to find out, you know, because we always talk about and there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks that we all know. Like, oh man, this guy's a bummer. This guy's a, these guys are some of the most ridiculous athletes on this planet. And the problem is they're with other ridiculous athletes on this planet. Pat that McAfee. is why it happens. Yeah. Pat McAfee once said, if NFL players want to talk shit about him being a punter, he'll he'll take it all day. He's like, but if you talk shit and you're just some guy sitting at home talking shit about a punter, he's like, that punter is 10 times the fucking athlete you'll ever be. And he will fucking <laughs> whoop your ass. And it's true, though. Like, you know what I mean? 100%. Like. McAvee had college scholarships to go play soccer. Like he wasn't some fucking bum who just knew how to kick a football. Like he was a star soccer player. He probably would have been a United States men's team soccer player. He probably would have been in the MLS. Like he would have played professional soccer somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, he chose to to you know kick footballs instead. And McAvee had never punted a ball before he came to the NFL either. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't yeah. think there's a big he was difference. A kicker between, though, right? Was he was he a kicker, kicker in yeah. college, and they approached him and said before the draft and said can you punt and he said oh yeah of course i can and he's never punted never held before showed up to camp with vinatieri took one snap and vinatieri sent him to holder school which was well, the which was the hotel room that he, he was in yeah. <laughs> no, appar- Olean. morning class <laughs> apparently there is uh there's like this guy who's like an expert at it but anyways guys it is getting dark in virginia right now and uh, I need to go inside now. For it was major. right when Mario showed up. 
Connor's going to turn into a pumpkin. Mike is going to rage. So we got to get out of here. Uh, don't forget to come check out the Patreon in probably five, ten minutes, boys. We'll be over on the Patreon talking some shit, talking about the pool. Sorry. Thank you to everybody. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of live chats tonight. We got more Twitter views than YouTube. But thank you to Ross, another lost soul. Hoffins. I hope I said that right. Um, you know, uh, our boy Hanif, who's, you know, Hanif's always going to be here. Uh, he's our man. And uh, we appreciate you all coming in and, and joining the live chat. Everybody who's listening on the podcast or watching the replay, come live 7 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday. We make it fucking simple for you. <laughs> 7 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday. But uh, honestly, guys, if you're not a member, go become a member. Patreon.com slash DPN Sports. It's a fucking riot over there. This is like we hold ourselves back here and we let loose. And um, I would like to congratulate you guys as well because there was, we got through an entire show without anybody making one of those comments. You guys know what comments I'm talking about. So I'm very Let's proud go. of y'all. Nice. Um, Mario, what do these guys need to do right now with some buttons and stuff? I'm not sure. What, what do they got to do? They need to smash that like button to let YouTube know that everybody should watch this as well as turn that red subscribe button gray at the bottom. Hit the description for the Patreon because we are going to let loose over there and we may release Connor and Ray's uh, exclusive only fan pick. So make sure that you're there for that. The Boston Heartthrob, the angry producer, the Canadian guy with no connection, and this <laughs> monster that's sitting in the dark. Make sure you head over to Patreon. Connor, what are, what are these guys? What are all these for? You are legit, kid. I can't believe that motherfucker stole my line. I have like one thing I'm allowed to do on this show and he fucking took it from me. I'm nothing without the question. Fuck it, I'm gonna ask it again. Connor, tell me about the game. Tell me about it. all these people. Oh, now I gotta do it again. Legit kid. <laughs>Tyson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.